This is Takeaway Only, a podcast about the hospitality industry in crisis. I'm Howie Kahn, and these are the stories of the people who take care of you. Today's guest is Christian Gill from Boomtown Biscuits and Whiskey in Cincinnati, Ohio. Boomtown has suffered this year. Its co-founder died. COVID shut it down. Now Christian watches the restaurant at night, hoping vandals won't destroy it. Coming up, we're talking about strength in the face of vulnerability, biscuit diplomacy, race injustice, and a place Christian calls Struggleville. We're back tomorrow with an all-new guest. Please hit subscribe so you don't miss it. Stay tuned now for Christian. Christian, good morning. Morning. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you how you are. You're not going to ask me how I am. It's 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 invalid. There's protests. Cities are on fire. Cops are killing black people. Restaurants are closed. Uh, you started this year with uh, the shock of your business partner dying and then right into COVID-19. So tell me about um, mourning while shutting down a business that's everything to you. Well, PJ Newman died uh, on January 18th. Um, in full swing of the restaurant like we were we were balls to the wall busy like just getting rocked and i was on the line and then i got the call to go um where he was and uh you know i was the i was the one that had to tell his mom tell his dad tell his brother tell his um his ex-wife like i had to tell everyone and that that is a burden and a weight that i hope no one has to carry just because it, for that to be my responsibility was a lot. And then to turn around and go back to, uh, go back to work and slowly tell like my management staff and pull people downstairs and just try to try to figure out, you know, navigate how to manage that situation because now here I am pretty much the supreme de facto Pope of biscuits in Cincinnati like immediately. And trying to take like the reins and, and navigate just the murky water of, you know, what do we do next? You know, do we stay open? Do we close? Like what happens? And that was tough. And we persevered. Um, I kept us open. My management team kept us going. We, uh, we made some adjustments and we were able to continue to thrive. Like we were busy in February and March when other people were dead. And a lot of that reason is because, you know, it's a post-holiday season, um, right before spring break. So many, there's so many factors that uh, go into restaurants making it and breaking it in the off season. And like January through March is pretty much the off season, like right up until opening day for the Reds is the off season for us, uh, for downtown Cincinnati. And it wasn't like we were just oddly busy. And I, I was like, maybe it's finally starting to hit people that, you know, Boomtown is a good place to be. It's a cool place to be. And with everything going on in the world, like it's a great way to detach from reality and come kind of experience something that you don't get every day, even when you make your own breakfast and make your own brunch. Like, and then March 15th comes along and the governor, uh, Governor DeWine announced that he was closing uh, restaurants and bars at nine o'clock. And, uh, you know, my staff and I, my management staff and I, we were watching closely since January, since December even, um, as things started to evolve and escalate in China and then slowly make their way over here. Like, it was 
and like I had a decent amount of travel um, from December until February, and so I was worried about myself. Like I was concerned. I was like, man, like I've been a whole bunch of places for work. Like this is this might I don't know. I didn't know you know what to do with myself, um, and yeah, we closed, and we tried to do carry out for like three or four days. It didn't work. Um, you know, we had people calling. They're like, "Hey, you guys open?" I'm like, yeah. I'm like, come on down. You want gift card? Where you want? We got it. Biscuits. And then all of a sudden, you know, people were like, "Well, we'll come down on Saturday. We'll come down on Sunday." I'm like, "Well, we're still open for the rest of these days. Like, I can't just have us open on Saturday, Sunday. Like, we'll come down then." And I knew then that like we weren't going to survive in in that manner. So we we didn't we didn't stay open for carry out and. Like, I feel like this year, going from that and progressing from uh, trying to cope and navigate through the death of an owner um, into, you know, trying to strive and, and thrive and be successful through a slow period um, and having unnatural success um, or regular success during that and then feeling confident about moving forward and the direction that I was taking Boomtown um, that I am taking Boomtown, and then to have the the Rona uh, rear its ugly head, and have we won't get into politics, but just you know, mismanaging expectations on federal, state, whatever level, and mismanaging the handling of it, leading us to where we are now. Um, part of it, you know, the Rona as well, and figuring out how to come back from that and trying to like, I mean, on a daily basis, restaurants around the country, it's a struggle. Like restaurants are having to adapt every single day, dude. Like it's not a, it's not, it's not one of those like, all right, well, these rules are in place. Like we've all figured it out and we're smooth and you know, hopefully we'll be able to open full one day, like in like a month. No, it's one of those where like they're finding new ways that, you know, the COVID-19 is transmitting and like, you know, it's got different strains now and it's like evolving and you know, it's changing, it's doing all these things. And it's like, you know, and some of the rules that are in place don't make sense. And then you've got people that aren't following the rules. So then they're trying to make it, you know, they're trying to enforce and restrict and then imposing more restrictions just because they want people to be safe, but people don't want to, don't want to be safe. They want to be out and have all the luxuries they had before and they could ruin it for everyone. And it's just like trying to fight and navigate through that. And we felt like we finally hit a stride by uh, instituting a private dinner series hosted by yours truly, um, crafting five course uh, menus, you know, navigating different genres of food, different cultures, different international cuisines. And people were up for it. Like I said, you know, in the first 24, 48 hours, we had 60 plus inquiries and we were booking aggressively, aggressively and then um, uh, the string of murders uh, people of color just and, and the, 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 the manner in which the country has been comfortable with it um, and, and just the complacency of reprimanding people not only in law enforcement but just people not of color um, in in the manner that they handle these situations 
and I don't even know why. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to step over it. It's just like this. This all hits home for me. Like being a black male in America is dangerous, and I mean, so then here we are, and the protests are, you know, they escalate on a daily basis in in a bunch of different cities, um, in some countries because there are fucking countries that are standing with us, standing with with unspoken, unheard voices of America um, about how unjust this is and how obtuse leadership is in handling these situations. And just being a general empathetic person with them. Anyway, so and here we are. Where and we exist downtown. Like Boomtown is downtown, um, not in the heart of OTR, which over the Rhine is. Um, it's kind of like the heart of downtown in terms of the arts entertainment district. Um, we are we exist to the east of that, like two or three blocks. We are literally two or three blocks from like the busiest part of downtown, and we already, you know, in the first two years of being open, we already struggled with um, making a name for ourselves and staying relevant to get people into our neighborhood. There's only three three restaurants and an ice cream shop in our neighborhood. Like, it's it's a challenge, and so you take all of those things that we're trying to overcome, and you add on uh, the rioting and the looting, and it's just it makes it harder. And here we are trying to once again adapt and survive. And every day, <laughs> I think I say this in like one of my feast movies. Like every day is a struggle. Like it's you know. Every single day is, you know, what's what's going to happen today? What's not going to happen? And it's a conflict for me because I'm, I, I want to protest. I want, I, I'm angry. I, every ounce of my being screams some form of retaliation. And at the same time, like as a business owner, as a black male business owner, I can't. I mean, the police gunned down a. Uh, the owner of Yaya Barbecue in Louisville and left his body in the street. David McAtee. Yep. For 12 hours, 12 plus hours. Yeah. I mean, you know, I live in, in New York City and I've seen footage of, you know, people in state government getting tear gassed and, and, and hauled away. And they were very obviously marked as people who were, were leaders and nonviolent in, in, in these protests. So, um, this is the summer ahead of us. You know, I mean, it's like 1967 where there were hundreds of uh, racially related protests and riots throughout the, the country. And it's just what defined that period. I don't see it, you know, stopping all four officers in in the in the Floyd murder are all now charged. But, you know, there's no there's no trial. There's no justice. No, there's not. I mean, Look how long it took just to arrest them. Look how long it took just to just just to agree on a fundamentally basic level that they did something wrong on the state federal level. Like, look how long it took for look at how many personnel and law enforcement like stood outside his house and and barricaded his house with their own bodies to keep protesters from protesting in his house. I understand that they were trying to keep you know, protesters from pillaging and, and burning his house down, um, but should he not answer for his consequences? Should he not have been pulled? There multiple police officers, multiple people in law enforcement in the last three years, 
in terms of like large scale headlines. And that's the other thing is like, these are the ones that make the headlines. Yeah. These I mean, the there's, that... there's dozens of things we don't know about. And of course, like, you know, you live, you live in a city where this has always been an issue where there are racist cops and there is police brutality. The last big riots in Cincinnati that I know of or remember off the top of my head is 2001 um, after Timothy Thomas was shot and killed. And, you know, there was essentially an armistice agreement brokered between community advisors and, and the cops in, in Cincinnati that I think the U.S. Justice Department had to, you know, broker and, and mediate. But that agreement's sort of fallen by the wayside. And I know one of the big uh, uh, demands of this moment in Cincinnati is, is that that agreement's revised and people are held accountable for it. I mean, I, one thing that we should beyond that, like the budget for um, law enforcement in Cincinnati um, is it accounts for like in terms of spending for law enforcement, it accounts for about forty percent of our budget in Cincinnati. That's excessive. Like it's it's excessive. It's there's it's unnecessary. Like. Yeah, we're we're sitting in in a time where you know they have tanks and anti personnel, anti anti personnel vehicles and anti tank. Like we're just sitting in this time where the police looks more like a paramilitary force instead of a de escalation part of society, like a de escalation arm of society. Like nothing about what they do currently is for the means of de-escalation. Like, all of the videos, and that's the other thing. Like, there's there's so much raw footage out there of the mistreatment of protesters that aren't doing anything, um, just people that just want to stand for the rights and want to stand up and show that they're not afraid. And the people out there that talk about, you know, and talk shit about uh, those that are filming, I'm sorry, would, would you personally roll up on four cops that are pinning a man down um, and asphyxiating him? Like, would you roll up on them and push them and push them off? Would you, would you roll up on them and risk assault of a police officer? No, the ca- I mean, the camera is the, the only possible thing that could hold them accountable. Yeah. Like it. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for the cameras. Thank goodness, yeah. Thank and goodness. for the for the people who you know released the footage, who was, well, I believe in Minnesota, it was a Chinese restaurant across the street who shared the footage. Good for them. But ironically, you know, cops can just get away with not turning their body cameras on. Like, correct. What, what what the fuck is going on? Like, and I know that you know they were deviating from, um, you know, the topic of 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 the restaurant and, 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 I mean yes yes and no I mean you still have to operate in the community and you still have to feel safe to operate and you have to believe that you know a police force is somehow a force for good if you want to be cooking peacefully in your kitchen every night so there's a larger social contract with being a business operator and and part of it is is understanding that you're going to be protected by somebody. And then when you don't feel that way, how do you operate? What is a, what is a restaurant? What is a restaurant if it's not safe? Right. It's yeah. What is a restaurant if it's not safe? Um, are you boarded up? What's the, what does Boomtown look like right now? Where's what, was there any damage? You're in it. You're there. It looks, it looks so homey. You're on this beautiful couch and it, it could have been your, your, your living room. So you're, you're, you're in there. 
I'm here. We are open for carryout right now. Um, it is abysmal, and as as it you know as expected with the riots and, and looting downtown, there have been plenty of oper- plenty of times since I've lived in Cincinnati where we've had protests on fairly large scales. Um, you know, after the election of our current uh, leader. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, we had a women's march um, that was actually coordinated around around the world, but we had a massive protest, a massive women's march in Cincinnati, and it was peaceful, it was organized, it was fierce, and you know, like we didn't have, but we didn't have rioting and, and looting, like women and men that support women. Um, people of all genders and, and all sexualities and all colors, like everyone was mad and everyone wanted to be heard and everyone was peaceful. And now we're at a point to where we're not being heard. People of color are not being heard. People of color are continuing to be repressed. People of color are continuing to be slaughtered and just done. And people of all color are done. People of all creed are done. It's not, it's not, just black folk it's not just asian folk like it's everyone there's plenty of people on all sides that are done and when when you feel like you haven't been heard um and you've been trying to be peaceful and you've been trying to to follow you know the rules when you feel like you've been you've been doing those things and nothing comes of it i understand the frustration and in the way that you want to um try to enact some sort of response and try to elicit some sort of positive response but then of course there's all the opportunists there's all the people that don't really give a shit you know they might be mad but they don't know why they're mad they're they're frustrated they don't know why they're frustrated they don't care and they just want to take this opportunity to loot and pillage and riot and do all things like i will wholly expected that by now boomtown would have been um vandalized broken into you know pillaged like i i did i across the street our uh sister restaurant nation uh they were broken into they were pillaged they you know people broke into and like that night i thought you know all right well boomtown's next and unfortunately like, they didn't hit us uh, fortunately, they didn't hit us, but like I wholly just was ready for it. Like, and and a lot of people in town, you know, been like, "Are you gonna put black owned on on the door? Like, are you gonna make it more present? You know, make it make more of a statement by putting black owned?" And I'm like, "No, I mean the rioters and looters actually broke into the. Uh, we have a a retail shop on in OTR called Black Owned that sells." Um, swag and sells shirts and all kinds of uh, gear that you can wear that says black owned on it. And they broke in there and took everything. So what would, why would me putting that on the door do anything right now? Like, it just, it's, it wouldn't. Like, I, and that's how I felt. And I know that that's, a, a part of that is pessimistic. It's very much um, pragmatic too. Like, it's it's not maybe the best way to look at it, but that's, that's not where we are. Like, that's not where we are as a people. That's not where we are as a city. Um, and the most I can do is, right now, is occasionally just, just try to try to donate, you know, food, resources to uh, people affected on 
you know, honestly, on both sides, like extending the olive branch is something that, while I might not want to do that, um, it does. It needs. There needs to be that level of 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 correspondence, like. There have been plenty of places, I wouldn't say plenty, there have been very uh, specific places that, you know, law enforcement meets with protesters and actually sits down and has a conversation or don't have arms or don't have riot shields, aren't tear gassing. There, there are places like that that they are taking a different approach and trying to de-escalate the situation by listening. And, you know, if throwing a couple biscuits to law enforcement is you know, could help, I'm gonna try it. Throwing biscuits to protesters and water and trying to give them sustenance while they protest, if that helps, then all right. Like, it, there's a lot of moves that I've learned in the last three months that, you know, you do for the greater good of your, of your business, but you don't know if they're right or wrong. You just, because this is all, in terms of COVID, it's an uncharted territory. And then in terms of coming out of the first big quarantine of COVID into this, also kind of uncharted territory. Like rioting and protesting exists in our country. Um, built like the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Massacre, um, Shays Rebellion. There's like, go on. Um, so that's something that's that's known. That's something that we 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 use, that's a tool that we use in this country um, to greater effect or to no effect. So that's, that's expected on some level, but this is just, it's just different. Like the restaurant industry itself was already crippled by Corona and how it's been handled and, and the lack of support, financial support um, from our government, and from our state and federal government. Like people are trying and people are, are trying in the last like four weeks, there's been a ramp up to try and save a lot of our businesses or at least try to help us to survive through this. And then coming out of that into this, like we just can't, it's hard. Like we can't do this forever. Like I can't with Boomtown, I can't, I can't exist like this forever. Um, we were allowed to open our dining rooms. Uh, it's been for a couple weeks now, but my restaurant is so small that I could only maybe get 20 people inside um, following all of the protocols, six foot, like all of those things. I might be able to get 20 people in here and that's not going to sustain us. Like bringing in more staff to be able to properly accommodate and serve and provide the experience that is coming to be expected of Boomtown and that I expected my staff, that's just going to further throw me in a hole. So I'd rather my staff continue to be able to draw on employment for now and continue to be able to just, you know, figure their lives out and what they need to do for now, um, than put my company more underwater by trying to cater to a few people right now. Like, like I said, every, every, every decision is, you know, we handle it the best that we can. Uh, sometimes you're just trying to make the right decision and it's not right, but it's not, it's no fault of you for trying like when you have never done it before. I think every, in the, in the last six months, every seven months, every, every possible thing that you don't want to happen to a restaurant owner, to any sort of business owner has happened to me. And you know, I'm still here. Like Boomtown is currently still here and I continue to endure and persist and do my best to 
um, be a strong leader for my community and for my staff, for my team. You're also an incredibly creative person and, and you have had, you know, some energy to create during this. You've made a YouTube series called Feast Mode 513, uh, where there's there's segments where you eat takeout from other places and give props to other businesses around the city. There's cooking segments that you call uh, shit in the fridge because obviously we have to use what's what's around our own house. You've created uh, the struggle burger helper, struggle fries. And, and my favorite invention of yours during this time is... Um, Struggleville, which is kind of where where uh, where we're living in in the restaurant world and in in the in the in the world of protests. But I, I think it's kind of like the uh, COVID nineteen racial tension cousin to Flavor Town, and 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 I think yeah, let's 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 acknowledge that we're eating in Struggleville. Yeah, we are we are one hundred percent all struggling. Every day is a struggle, and. Uh, when I say in my videos, like, struggle bowls up, like, that's not a toast to how great this is. That's a toast to acknowledging that uh, life sucks right now. And, you know, we, we have to do the best with what we have. And that's the point of shit in the fridge. Like, do the best with what we have. Um, you know, just try to be being creative, being trying to be creative, struggling to be creative, struggling to make sense of what you have in your pantry just like we struggle to make sense of what's going on in the world like there's there's parallels there i don't really touch on them in shit in the fridge because the point is to make people laugh and to just be entertaining and to have a nice positive deviation from all the shit that's going on it's fantastic uh, i mean I, I can't recommend it more highly to people it's one of my favorite things i've, I've watched in the last six months it's terrific you're you're really talented in in that way and, and funny okay it's and of course like yeah but as you said the uh all of the the like little sizzle reel teaser trailers of restaurants that are still open like as soon as we closed um for carryout like at the beginning of middle of march i was like man like i still want to be able to contribute and help the people that are trying to stay open um with different obviously everyone's got different business models um and some things work for some people and some things don't but i was like you know what i've been learning all these things with my time and experience on food network um let me see if I can, if I can, you know, continue to walk the walk with all the talking I've been doing. So that's where Feastmo Five One Three really came from. And as hard and humbling as it was, and it is, to walk into a restaurant that is open, and regardless if they're doing well or they're not, um, you know, they're my family too. And this is how I choose to contribute and support. Like, I don't have a lot of money to be able to, you know, start a GoFundMe or whatever. Like. But what I have is the ability to to help support and hopefully get more butts in seats or get more butts in front of the carryout window for a lot of my comrades in the in the industry. Christian, our show's called Takeaway Only. What's what's your big takeaway from running Boomtown through the last several months? <sighs> my big takeaway is it was a damn great time to become a restaurant owner. Like <laughs> um, the biggest takeaway has been Did you take over full ownership after Paul died? Uh, I took over majority ownership. Okay. So I have two silent and silent partners. But it um, went from a it went from something that was collaborative to something that's all on you. Yes. Wow. Yeah, all on me. <laughs> Biggest takeaway is that when you're your own boss and when you answer basically to no one, um, how do you hold yourself accountable in order to hold other people accountable? And the answer is to continue to be present in your business. 
um, being present on the front lines. Like my staff are always like, get out of here, dude. Like we know you have a million other things to handle. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like being here helps me to be able to hold you all accountable. Because as long as you know that I'm here, you know that I care, you know that I'm about this, about this life. Um, so yeah, that's the biggest takeaway is finding a way to hold yourself accountable when there's no one else to hold you accountable. Christian, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I can't wait to get back to those biscuits. Got you, brother. Just let me know when. That was Christian Gill. You can follow him on Instagram at Foodbrush Ninja, and you can follow Boomtown at Boomtown Biscuit Bar. Thank you so much for listening. Takeaway Only is produced by Casey Kahn, Rob Corso, and me, Howie Kahn, for Freetime Media. Our logo is by Reynald Philippe at Beepoles. Music by John Palmer. Special thanks to Kristen Millar, Antoine Ricardou, Raphael Weil, and to the whole team at Welcome. Check out their important community work at welcomeconference.org. We're back tomorrow. This is Takeaway Only.